guys, welcome back to another episode of Real Talks. I'm your host, like always, Brady Carducci. And today on the show, I have a very special guest, pleased to be talking with and sitting down with a multifaceted artist, entrepreneur, right here from the city in Toronto. Welcome to the show, Junior. How's it going, man? Thank you, brother. Thank you for the awesome introduction. I'm doing no well. Problem. Happy day in Toronto. Got the yeah. C- I see you got the CN Tower in the background. That's a pretty cool, that's a pretty cool uh, backdrop there. The, the views from the crib are kind of legendary, so I had to put them in the interview, you know? Of course, of course. Uh, man, I'm excited to uh, sit down with you. I know we had a pretty good chat off camera, but uh, really want to dive into your story, kind of let the audience at home kind of know who you are uh, and talk about, you know, the business side and marketing side of the the music industry. Because I think, uh, you know, you, you always see artists online, you know, uh, or people uh, interviewing artists online. So you get to see kind of the, the, the music side, but, you know, there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that I think, oh, shit. Um, sorry. Uh, just follow here that uh, doesn't get uh, talked about a lot so uh, I'm happy to kind of discuss that with you but before we get started on that uh, obviously COVID you know there's a global pandemic going on right now so how have you been uh, you know dealing with that what have you been doing to kind of keep your your uh, your mind your mind uh, sharp and sane so like COVID stuff like started affecting me in January like believe it or not I know a lot of people started getting affected in, in March but I really paid attention to it in January and like, you know, started taking all my money out of stocks, you know, making sure that I had like financially, I was ready for what's about to happen. Right. Mm. That was my main focus. Everything else, life didn't really change much. Cause like I, I work from home, I stay inside. Um, obviously for a lot of people, you know, that still go to school, they had to like get out of school. They couldn't do their exams. So I feel sorry for some people that really, could like you know they had outside factors that they couldn't control but for me thankfully wasn't really much you know difference to the to the daily lifestyle like I, everything was normal the only thing was now we have to get groceries delivered now we have to get pretty much everything delivered right so it's been good but see a lot of people not taking the opportunity of traveling during covid mm. that's that's yeah. the one big thing I, I had to like pull the trigger on is like i have to travel and it was the best decision ever honestly Awesome. When you when you've been traveling and stuff, has uh, has like the travel experience for you been any different from like when it was before? Like, is there more? Because I haven't been traveling since the pandemics uh, happened. Like, are there you know more restrictions and more hoops to kind of go through when you're at the airports? Hundred percent. Like when I booked my trip at the beginning, it was like a six day trip, and then it turned out to just be twenty one day trip because of the delays. Like, I didn't wait for it to be like that. And you know, obviously, if you don't have the funds to be able to secure yourself in a random place on earth i i would say take the risk you know what i mean but yeah the tests are the priority if you get those you can travel pretty much anywhere um you know it's just it really depends on the country that you're going to just read up on it read about the restrictions but a lot of places are open you know what i mean okay yeah okay awesome yeah i mean uh yeah definitely hopefully like because i know you know right now obviously a lot of people are kind of a bit tentative to travel but hopefully hopefully like you know enough people are traveling people they know are traveling and that will hopefully open up the uh the floodgates for everyone to kind of start going that route now um so i wanted to first thing i wanted to dive into is just uh give our audience uh, at home a little bit of a background on uh who you are so i know uh, at least when it comes to music you uh started out in the industry as an artist so do you want to talk a little bit about how uh you know uh, you got you got started as an artist kind of where was the inspiration to start making music uh yourself so i pretty much started back in like 2014 2015 as a producer okay. 
And the only reason I started as a producer is because I knew I always wanted to be an artist, but I didn't have the money to pay for the beats, right? Mm. I didn't have even $20 on my PayPal to go on BeatStars or any, the websites like that didn't exist. So you'd have to go to a producer and illegally download beats on YouTube. So I was like, okay, I'm not gonna take that route, I'm gonna produce. Made mm. a little bit of money off of it, it was cool. But I didn't see myself becoming an artist. Like I was super young. You know what I mean? 2015, 2014, I was still like 17, 16. So um, those times were really kind of difficult for me to, to just come up with music out of nowhere. And I didn't have my sound. I didn't really have anything. So I looked at Russ for inspiration. Russ was like, he started out as a producer. He did music. He was releasing frequently. So I went from releasing beats every week to releasing songs. Every week. It just happened. Oh, just wow. One day I was just like, all right, I'm going to start releasing songs. Um, went from there, like weekly basis, you know what I mean? T putting songs up, taking songs down, really kind of figure out what, what do I want my image to look like, right? Mm -hmm. Went through a couple like artist name changes and now I'm at junior, right? Like I, at 2016, I was like, okay, I'm junior, taking on this identity, started signing some management deals because, you know, music was doing numbers on the platforms. And after that, I really like hit the brakes very hard because I put myself in very bad deals and like, okay. I put myself in a situation where I had so much music piling up, but I wasn't confident enough to put it out because I knew that I had to put in all the effort. I was in a deal where, you know, people were just kind of there, but not really putting effort to me. And it's like, I'm working for someone else at this point. Like what's, what's what, that's not what being an artist is, right? Mm -hmm. So kind of took a step back from there, but you know what I mean? Um, I got into marketing after that, really okay. trying to understand the art of like, okay, how do I push my music without, without feeling like it's a full-time job, you know, going on Twitter, interacting with fans, going on Instagram, interacting with fans, doing lives, going on YouTube, uploading, doing my own email, like outreaches, right? Like reaching out to hundreds of platforms every day as an artist. It was a lot of work. Yeah. The way to kind of market my music. That was pretty much like 2017, 2018 to 2020. Okay. And now I'm fully ready to go back because now I have the funds, now I have the marketing down. I have tons of connections that are able to help me with my next you know, single drop. So we'll be doing that end of August. You know what I mean? New music, just full force, just going back at it. Awesome. Well, I'm, uh, you know, I was telling you off camera, I've, I've followed your music and stuff for a couple of years now. So I'm definitely uh, look forward to you kind of getting, getting back in full swings and releasing some stuff. <laughs> Um, so that's a, that's a good point. I, I know you mentioned, uh, before that, you know, you being a, a young artist, you kind of, you know, you jumped into, uh, you know, a few deals that weren't necessarily the best for you, but I, I feel like, you know, that's a mistake that a lot of younger artists, um, younger artists make. So what was it in particular, maybe some of the learning experiences you learned that maybe you want to share to help maybe that artist that's watching this right now, that's maybe has a deal on the table and they, they don't know what direction to go, to go in. Look, if you're a dope artist, people are willing to help you for free, right? Mm. Like, believe it or not, some people, you might think like, oh, I have to sign to this person for them to help me. If you're a dope artist, people are going to help you, right? You have to move smart. You have to know your worth as an artist and like know that, okay, I have, you know, my own family. I have to support my own people. I can't really go and just follow in someone else's click. Because a lot of artists feel like you have to be under your manager. Like, you have to be you know, moving with your team if you're an artist within a collective or whatever. But really as an artist, it's for you to embrace your identity, right? 
for you to be putting out content consistently, building your own fan base. And a lot of artists get lost in that when they see a deal mm. in front of them. They get too distracted. They think, I have to make the people happy that gave me the deal. No, you don't. People are helping you. That's your music. This is your product, right? People are investing in you. They're taking the risk. You're not the one taking the risk. So a lot of artists get it really twisted when they have a deal on the table and it's like, oh my God, like now I'm taking a huge risk. Like, no, you're not. It's the same as when you didn't have a deal. You just have people believing in you now. And a lot of artists jump towards deals because they feel like it's risky if I don't take this, like my music mm. might stop. A deal doesn't really, like an artist's path has to be like this. A deal doesn't slow it down. You know what I mean? All of this is just how much work or effort the artist is putting in to make his brand look dope, to make his brand pop off, right? The more people you have that help you on the marketing side, the more people you have that kind of managing day-to-day -day stuff like outreach, making sure that, you know, everybody that's reaching out is being responded to. Mm. That's what's important. I mean, a lot of artists look at a deal and it's like, wow, I'm going to get $50,000, but little do you know, that's because they value your music in that, right? If you create more music and you get better, more than likely you'll get a better deal. So what's the point of getting a deal right now when you know you're going to improve in six months and your music might be 10 times better? That's, that's true. Just, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. And I know, um, I mean, you mentioned Russ earlier and I know Russ is definitely a big proponent of that, of like, you know what, Hey, I'm, I'm going to go through district distro kit. I'm going to give, make the, like, I'm going to have the leverage before I even entertain any label deals. And I think now I'm not, I don't know the specifics of his deal, but just in terms of the industry standard, he seemed to have gotten like a, a really good deal that is actually like works in his favor at, at the end of the day. So, um, so that's definitely, that's definitely facts. It, so he waited on it. Right. He didn't he didn't sign a deal in 2015 when he started making fifty thousand dollars a month off his off his music. But I bet mm -hmm. you that there's labels that could track these numbers and they started reaching out and they're like, hey, this and that. You know what I mean? Like if you're an artist, you start seeing momentum on your music. Don't stop for a label. Don't like keep that momentum going. You know what I mean? A lot of artists start with nothing and they get that momentum going. You know, they go from zero to a hundred thousand streams and they think that, oh, 100,000 streams is nothing compared to like someone like Drake who mm. gets like 60 million streams on a song like Popstar within the last like three weeks or a month. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. an artist like that already has their plans figured out from four years ago, five years ago. They've been doing the same thing, just releasing with the same momentum and just keep pushing. Labels will not come in and give you a new momentum. That's a false illusion that a lot of artists think that, okay, a label's going to come in. They're going to push me very, very hard. Like, that's not true. Hmm. You know, I'm, unless it's someone with like an individual that believes in you and they're putting the money up. But if it's a label putting the money up, forget about it. You're yeah. not going to see a, a, a huge increase in streams, like unless you have your own momentum and then they could maybe magnify the results that you're already getting. Right. Like a lot of people don't understand, like it's you. You're the artist. You're the one getting the results. You're the you're the reason. You know what I mean? The music is being made. You're the reason the numbers are blowing up. A lot of artists miss the fact that, oh, because I signed the label and like 10 of my next records did better than my last 10 records, like it's the label. No, it's not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Who is an artist? Like, so. 
No, that's uh, that's very important. I, I like how you how you got into that. Definitely. So I know you mentioned before. Obviously, you, uh, you're an uh, you were an artist first. You're going to be getting back into that. But that in between period, um, you know, you uh, got into a lot of the business side, a lot of the marketing side of the industry. So do you want to just talk about kind of the the company you started and why, in particular, you wanted to go that go that route instead of um, you know doubling down maybe on your music as a producer or, or as an artist? Of course. So I've actually started like multiple marketing companies, um, you know, from TikTok agencies to like Twitter campaign companies. And the main one was Playlist, right? Okay. Which a lot of people were not happy about because when I started Playlisting back in 2016, I was personally like paying for it. Like I would go to my day job, literally. The only reason I got my day job was to be able to pay for music marketing. Mm. I would go to my day job, work my ass off for like a week, two weeks, get my paycheck. I would go and find like the best websites or like the best curators and pay them for the playlist. Obviously that wasn't really on, you know, the labels terms or uh, nobody around me really saw it as like, like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Back in 2016, right. people, what are you doing? Like mm -hmm. do a YouTube world star ad, do it, do a rap ad. Like, you know what I mean? Why, why are you doing a playlist campaign? And people didn't really like look at it as like, one of the most valuable assets, right? Right now it's a stepping stone. If you don't yeah. do a playlist campaign, you're almost wasting your money, right? Like mm. imagine you have a $5,000 campaign and none of the budget is going to playlisting. You're probably not even gonna see that good results because there's no initial trigger. There's no guaranteed social platform that you can put your music on that's going to get hits, right? Mm. So I understood the value of playlists before anybody. Once I did that, I was like, okay, I'm gonna start doing this for people that I know. Right? Okay. I, didn't, I didn't jump straight into, I got to do this for everybody. Like, I didn't have the bandwidth. I really couldn't, right? Like, I could do it for maybe one, two, three more people, but that's it, other than myself. So I, I did it with some close friends. Obviously, I'm not going to mention any names, but for the people that know, I've worked with very influential people, like some people that are still on billboards, some people that are number one in the city in their age group, right, in their genre, like, just people that have achieved incredible things things that label cannot replicate and i'm telling you the one key factor was playlisting that's really? it it's okay. very important it's super important and like a lot of people fail to understand the importance of it right why because there's a big side of the industry that's like streaming fraud right really and a, lot oh, wow. people, a lot of people associate streaming fraud with like fake playlists and playlists that don't really have the engagement that a lot of people are looking for. So like different demographics and stuff like that. So with playlists, it is very risky if you're working with the wrong person because they could be putting you on the wrong playlist, right? Targeting mm. your music for the wrong people. They could be putting you on playlists that are flat out fake. You know what I mean? They're not gonna, they're just wasting your money almost. Like there's so many things that you gotta watch out for. And I knew that this was gonna be an industry because it had pros and it had cons and it had things that could be improved immensely. Two years, I focused on it. Now I pretty much like, I can say that I've been able to build an ecosystem for myself, for my people, um, you know, built a few companies, sold a few companies and playlisting has now, like if you look at ads on Instagram, like if you're an artist and you get playlist ads, it's more than likely an ad template that I created, right? I teach a lot oh, of wow. people, like I taught a lot of people how to be curators. I taught a lot of people how to build, you know, playlists from scratch organically because I noticed a lot of people were reaching out. Like, I don't know how, but people knew that I was getting involved because I had playlists up on Spotify that had like hundreds of thousands of followers and I had my Instagram there. You know what I mean? That's kind of how I got 
recognized. It wasn't even through my companies because I wasn't even like affiliated with my companies like that. Right. Okay. So people started reaching out two years into it. Now it's like it's a huge, huge industry. There's like hundreds of playlist companies. Whereas two years ago, it was literally just artists and curators. Mm -hmm. you know? It was this, it was a small thing and now it's yeah. Now there's yeah. hundreds of middlemen and like that's what people got to watch out for. So I'm making it my due diligence to stay involved with it. You know, make sure people don't fall off. We have a course coming out called the Artist Accelerator. Me and my boy hers, um, you know, we're releasing this, this incredible course that teaches people how to look for fake playlists, how to build your own playlist, how to do Instagram ads. If you don't want to take the playlist route, there's so many ways to push music as an independent artist, mm -hmm. but you know, you're not going to accelerate as an artist unless you have the right knowledge. Like you have, you know, when you get a rubric for a test and you're like, okay, this is exactly what I have to do. Yes. That's, that's kind of how we're trying to put it out. So. I mean, hopefully when that comes out, you know, um, a lot of people can pay attention. You know, obviously I, I am doing a lot of stuff for the music industry, not just, you know, for the benefit of myself, for other people. Okay. So most important thing is people understand what playlists are, understand how important playlisting is, and understand that it's a very risky thing if you don't know what you're doing. Okay. Yeah. Hundred percent. Now, um, just for for people out there, because you were, you were saying before how when you initially started out, you were, uh, you know, you would pay third party vendors to kind of create the playlist and curate the playlist for you. Now, obviously, with the rise of like Spotify, Apple Music, the you know they're just like littered with so many playlists. You got rap rap caviar, so many. So, from a, just from an understanding perspective, are they does does Spotify um, like do they are they the ones who create all these playlists themselves, or they do they are the, um, what you call it, like third party companies, are they coming in and paying Spotify to have their playlist featured on the, the playlist pages? So the thing about playlist ranking on Spotify is by the keywords. A lot of people don't okay. understand keywords. So if you have a song or a playlist called sad rap, mm. right? type in sad rap, what are the playlists that are going to be ranking at the top? It's going to be the playlists that are being played the most playlists have the best kind of listener to follower ratio mm -hmm. and the quality of the listeners like you have majority of them are premium users or is it just free so that's kind of the ranking metric for playlists right when you look at the top playlist on sad rap the top one it's the one that has the most listeners it's the one that has you know the best kind of listener to follow ratio it has a lot of premium users listening to it, it has good music that's what the ranking system is you'll see a lot of playlists like in the fourth or fifth row I might have a lot of followers, but they're not ranking at the top. And the reason for that is there's a lot of factors. They might be not active. They might be fake. They might be, you know what I mean? So mm. in terms of Spotify's affiliation with curators and like Apple Music's affiliation, they're not really affiliated. People are coming in, creating their own playlists. I've seen methods such as, you know, flat out just telling your followers as an artist to follow you which is a method that a lot of artists have been using. There's giveaways going on where people, you know, they set up giveaways like, hey, win $500 if you follow all 20 playlists. There's different ways to organically grow a playlist. And that's what people don't understand. Like, just okay. because you see urgent followers doesn't mean it's flat out fake. It doesn't mean it's, it's something that, you know, it's a red flag. That's what a lot of these streaming platforms don't understand. They think that, oh, we have our playlist that we curate they're worth gold and then every other playlist on the platform is just random but mm. some playlists that are created by ind independent people are actually more powerful and more like they trigger the algorithm better 
than some Spotify playlists. Really? Wow. Okay. That's interesting. It's, it's, it's crazy because now you're, you're, you're seeing a shift of these curators to Apple Music, considering that Spotify is driving a lot of them out. Spotify doesn't really want people to, to be able to create their own playlists and be able to rank higher. Right. There's a lot of measures being taken right now by the streaming platform to kind of eliminate that because it's illegal. It's, it's again, it's, it's against their terms, pretty much not illegal, but it's against their, their terms that you can't, as somebody who owns a playlist, you can't directly charge for a mm. placement. Like, you can't put, hey, these are my prices in the description of the playlist. Like that's going to get taken down. Right. You can't say, oh, submit to pay. And then you put your email. Like, you know what I mean? Unless it's free submissions, that's cool. But. If you're charging as a curator, your mm-hmm. playlist is likely going to get taken, whether it's real or not. Whether that's that's how it works on Spotify, right? So okay. you're going to see a lot of curators now going to Apple Music, trying to build their fan bases up, just like they did. And now it's kind of like a really sh- it's a shifting industry, simply because a lot of people on Spotify are kind of like, okay, what the hell? I can't you know work as an independent curator. I have to go work with an aggregator, a company just so it's not against the terms. You know what I mean? There's a lot of companies out there like Playlist, Playlist Push. Um, there's this other one like Spotify submissions and just a bunch of them that just like, hey, submit your music. You know, we have a playlist connected to our playlist. We don't own any of these. Those are fine. Those companies are okay, right? They're not okay. doing anything wrong, but a lot of curators don't want that. A lot of curators just want to be by themselves. Like, you know what I mean? Not giving a platform 20, 30% of the profit. They don't want that, but Spotify is just like forcing artists and curators to to merge into a different aggregators, and it's just creating so much chaos. So you're noticing a lot of curators are now, you know, instead of focusing on Spotify, they go to Apple Music, SoundCloud, and it's a good thing for the industry. Like this is this is very good because now artists can finally stop thinking that hey, my song needs to hit a million streams on this platform. Like no, you can focus on other platforms too and build better fans from other platforms, right? So I think it's headed in a good direction. Okay. No, that's uh, that's good to hear because I also, I feel like something that would go kind of pairs well in that conversation that we're talking about now is uh, like at physical, physical like Spotify and Apple streams. Because I was watching this one video where 6 9 was pretty much like, I think, I forget what song it was. It was like an Ariana Grande and Nicki Minaj song. But basically he was saying how like uh, in, in the span of two days, like let's say the song got a, a originally like 30 million uh, streams. It's now all of a sudden just jumped up to 60 million streams in like two days overnight. So he, I guess he was just exposing that a lot of your so-called favorite artists who are supposedly doing numbers, they're, they're, they're paying for a lot of their streams and, and the average fan doesn't know about that. They just think, oh wow, like this song's a hit. Um, so does that yeah. like, does that, does that have any effect on the, the, on the playlisting side? Uh, is that something that you think, uh, Spotify, you could see Spotify or any other pl- streaming platforms completely getting rid of, or is that just, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's a money maker for them. Right. So I think it really does hurt the playlist industry when labels and people that are really officially in the industry start doing things like that. If somebody's mm-hmm. starting out in the industry and they buy hundred K fake streams or whatever, that's fine. Like, I don't even see that as a bad thing. I'm like, okay, you're an artist, you're motivated. You just put in your money into something that you think is going to help you as an artist. You're a businessman. You're, you're an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate you, but you got to learn. You can't do that. You can't keep doing it over and over again. If you're buying fake streams, you see that it's fake streams, you get hurt by it. 
someone calls you out for it, you got to learn from that. A lot mm. of these labels are not doing it because they haven't done it before. They have systems set up simply, simply to trigger the charts because sometimes the only way you can get success is by putting a song in front of everybody. And the only way to put a song in front of everybody on streaming platforms like Spotify or Apple Music where super, super, like it's only limited to playlists. You can only get heard on these platforms if you're on a, a playlist. Mm -hmm. So it's not, it's not really like art is like, it's not someone like me who came and decided that. It's the platforms who chose that because playlists are actually amazing. Like playlists, mm -hmm. everything at the end of the day, a playlist is what creates a streaming platform. Right. So a lot of people that don't get playlisted, they're like, okay, how do we think of another solution? They start making their own playlists. We start creating their own ecosystems, their own fan bases. It's as if they, the label has their own streaming platform within Spotify. They can wow. bring 30 million people through an email blast, through merge, through anything. Labels have that power. So in terms of, is it fake? Doesn't really matter. Right. Cause people have to learn how to do that regardless. If it's yeah. only 10% of the people in the industry that know how to do that, then it's an unfair advantage. Everyone's like, oh, look at these people, what they're doing. But it's a normal thing. I was in the industry side of it for two years, three years, and I saw that it's a very normal thing. People don't care. Mm -hmm. It's just as long as everything is on track to get a hit, a record hit. Like you can't fake a billboard. You can't yeah. fake gold plaque. You can't fake that stuff, right? You can't just like go and buy streams and expect for you to achieve something. That's never going to happen. But a lot of people use different tactics to reach the same goals. Like just because different tactics were used to reach the goal doesn't mean that, oh, you, you have like 30% or 40% fake followers on your profile, like Ellen, Kim, Obama, a lot of people. Mm -hmm. you, you look at these audits and you're like, does that even make sense? No, but these followers didn't kind of come in just to, to make it look like an illusion. It was more so to trigger the algorithm. It's more so to make people think, oh my God, this song has 30 million streams. It just somehow sounds better now because <laughs> when it had a hundred streams back in the day, like it didn't sound as good, but now it has 30 million streams. It sounds amazing. So a lot of people kind of have this misconception that, oh, like an increase in numbers is not going to do anything. But at the end of the day, labels really see that as like, okay, the last resort. If we can't organically push this, like, what do we do? And then that's when they pull the trigger. They just say, okay, we're going to do everything else. Every other alternative method, we're just going to put it on 100% and see what happens. And then that's when you get those big jumps because they work. Mm -hmm. These methods work. They're guaranteed to work, right? They're safe. But people tend to stay away from them because they're so powerful, right? Like, if used in the wrong way, you can get the wrong eyes on you. If used in the wrong way, you can get the wrong results. It could damage your whole artist profile. So that's kind of why like, it's only a last resort thing. But as an artist, if you're starting out and you try it out, you're gonna see it's gonna work most of the time. Nine mm -hmm. times out of 10, you're gonna see an increase in streams when you buy service that increases your streams or whatever. But is it the quality you want? Is it, is, does it fit within your 10 year plan for you to do that as an artist? So. It's really up to, you know, everybody's journey and how they want to see it. Okay. Yeah. Cause another, another thing too, that I think goes, um, goes well with that is, you know, obviously paying for streamings, it, it'll look good on the streaming platform, but then when it comes to actually, let's say, well, 
concerts aren't going on right now, but let's say let's say they were, it actually will really show uh, when it comes to ticket sales and how many people can you get out to an actual venue because. You know, I honestly, I didn't even know this. I just thought if you were like a, a medium to, a, you know, obviously a big artist, they sell at stadiums. But if you were like a, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say Russ is a, is a medium level artist, but let's just use him in, as an example. Like if, if you were, you were like a Russ, it's, it's actually really hard to, to sell out a 2000, 1500, 1500 uh, person, person venue. And I feel like if some, if an artist is just going to be paying for streams, that that will just affect their long, their longevity uh, in general. That's why, like, for me, when I was building my course, the Artist Accelerator course, it's most more so teaching the artist how to get fans that are willing to put money behind the artist, right? That's the most important thing, because a lot of people don't understand that. I looked at it from when I got into the industry and learned about the, the e-commerce side, right? Like, running an mm -hmm. online business with services, whatever. That taught me that the most valuable people are the ones that give you the money, right? A lot of people can come to your website, to your music, look at it. Oh, that's cool. And then they, they just hop off it because there's no reason for them to stay. But if you target your ads as an artist in a way that gets people to stay, gets people to spend $10 on your album, you give them a reason, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm not here to tell people what that reason is. Every artist has to have a unique reason to get their own fans, right? Your, tar your goal as an artist is not to get someone else's fans. It's to make them fans of you, right? Not say, oh, I'm gonna go target the weekend fans because the weekend fans like might like my music. No, you have to get your own fans from scratch. I don't care, I don't care if it's a fan that doesn't listen to music, but they're going to put money behind you, right? And that's the most valuable thing with an artist. Once you have that and you have the data, you have people's phone numbers, you have people's emails, two months from now, when things open back up and you wanna do a show, what are you gonna do? You're gonna go on, on Instagram story, you're gonna post a story and say, oh, I got tickets to my show. Instagram story sales on average are less than 1%. So like if you get like 5,000 story views, you might get like 50 people swiping up. And then mm -hmm. there might be even like a 10% rate on the people that open that, that are gonna buy it. So as an artist is getting 5,000 story views, you think you're all that, you get five ticket sales off one story. It doesn't make sense. But then if you have like an email list or a phone list with like 2,000, 3,000 people that have bought your songs, bought your merch that you've released over time, right? During, especially during a time like this. And then you tell them, hey, you know what I mean? You bought my merch, you did this. Here's 20% off on my tickets for the show. Mm. You bet, you bet everybody's gonna be like, oh, I got a discount. I did this. I, like there's reasons, right, that people go to the shows. There's ways that marketers use promoters. And promoters, people actually don't understand. Promoters are the smartest people. Not online marketers, not, it's the people who are able to get real people to come to the venue why because you have a reason to be there when someone asks you like why are you at the show i'm here to see him i'm here for this i'm here for that like you know what i mean like people mm -hmm. have a reason to be there people don't ever just show up just to show up because they don't know what's going on right and that's what a lot of artists don't understand is when you do your ads when you do your targeting buying streams is not going to get people to come out to your show having a song with 30 million streams is not going to get people out to your show you know what i mean so it's just a different way of looking at it. Hundred percent, yeah. and uh, yeah, like you're like right there. I mean, when you said the the just the conversion rate on Instagram stories is like less than ten percent, that that shocked me. I was like, I you know, it's Instagram, it's That's a platform. That's like being like like I'm saying like this is this is the average. Some artists don't even get that. Really? You know? Wow. 
like an artist with 5,000, 10,000 story views might not even get like 10 sales off his, off his story. And even if he does a post and stuff like that, it's, it's very hard unless you have the ability to continuously communicate with fans without making it feel like spam. Continuously be able to give them value, even though you're asking them to pay for something, right? Mm. Give them value, give them something to be happy about. You know what I mean? They're going to support you. Like, for example, when Drake drops merch, like, I'm going and buying it because I generally love Drake and I'm supporting Drake. Same thing. You want to trigger that with your fans, right? Like, how are people going to love your, your vibe, your aesthetic as an artist? Like, are you consistently reinforcing that with them? Or is it just a one-time thing and you expect people to just love you because you're great? Right? Mm. Like, yeah. It, uh, it's, it's not the, it's not the, it's not the same thing now with, uh, obviously with COVID going on, have you, have you seen any changes within the industry on the marketing business side that maybe has affected your business or maybe someone, you know, like what is there, has it, has it affected the, the industry at all in your eyes? I've seen a lot of people kind of get affected by it, like immediately. And yeah. that was mostly the live entertainment part of it, right? A of lot course. of people now are kind of suffering because they can't go overseas they can't travel easier to do meetings and, and do meet and greets and just even press runs are not even possible nowadays you know what i mean mm -hmm. so even with a single release or whatever it's not even about people have tours lined up it's about people that are dropping music and stuff music videos can't be shot um you know what i mean animators are now getting the, the light of day like they're seeing the light of day animators are getting paid like five thousand dollars for animations now ten thousand twenty thousand and the artist is not even showing up. Nobody has to leave their house. And the mm -hmm. money's still there. The money's the same, right? So in terms of who's getting paid is a little bit different, but how much they're getting paid is the same. I think the money's still there. Money's still being made. People are just figuring out ways to make M's from their house, right? And for a lot of artists, I really feel bad for them because they don't have the knowledge. Again, like there's nobody out there that's making a course for artists teaching them like, yo, this is what you need to do as an artist. Like, even if you have a manager, even if you have that, you still have to know what to do as an artist. Like, what is yeah. your plan? What is your last resort plan? What's your next plan for your next single? What's, what's going on with your last single? You have to understand that. You know what I mean? You can't look at your music career as in the hands of someone else. Like, that's you. You know what I mean? That's how you reach Drake's level. That's how you reach the weekend's level. You know mm. what I mean? They, they sit by themselves during the day and they, they just look at themselves and they're like, I've built this, I've done this. You know what I mean? Nobody else can come to you as an artist and say, I did all of this for you. There's some legends like Scooter Brown, for example, that mm. can carry artists and, and push them to the next level. Like I have one of my, my, my friends, his name is Nick. He manages artists like Ann Saunders, you know what I mean? Artists like Sky McGeary um, and just, artists that are coming up and really pushing them to the next level. There's, there's people in the industry that are able to do that, like following in Scooter Braun's footsteps, right? But the majority of the time, the artist is not gonna find someone as, as genuine and as humble as someone like that. So yeah, what few, and, that? few and far between pretty much. Exactly, so what do you do when you're at the mercy of the world instead of at the mercy of somebody who's humble and nice and has the funds to support you? You're at the mercy of the world, you have to learn. You have to learn how to move as an artist. And you can't look at it and be like, I'm going to fail as an artist because I don't have an investor. I'm going to fail as an artist because I don't have a label pushing me that, that really loves me and I'm going there every day and they call me and they check up on me. Like, that's not what the artist needs to succeed, bro. And mm -hmm. prime example, just look at Russ. That's it. 
Yeah. Just look at it. Like there's, yeah. there's people doing it. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, literally, like, well, I guess, you know, literally, it's like, you, you can just, I don't want to say model his, like, business model, but he is, he is one of, definitely one of the artists that his business has great I, business I, sense. In, in, like, 2017, 2018, like, yeah. past the era, past the logic era, past all of it, he made it as a rapper, and then started singing, like, he did Drake stuff as a mm -hmm. white, like, bro, that, that's not common, you know what I mean, but he had a formula, that's the thing. When you understand that there's a formula in place, anybody can replicate it. You just have consistency, right? Believe in yourself. Keep going. Make better music every single time. That's 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 it. That's all it takes to be a successful artist. A lot of people think I have to have a, a label putting in a hundred thousand in my marketing and stuff like that. Sure, when the momentum needs to be picked up by that much, then you can start thinking. But you know, until you reach that million million streams. Five million streams, like you can do that independently. Hmm. Yeah, you don't need that. You don't need that big, big label budget to do it. You, you, you're fully capable of doing it uh, in house and in, in team, definitely. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so I know uh, you know earlier on in the interview you mentioned that now you're really switching gears um, from the biz, from obviously the business side to now really focusing uh, yourself as an artist again, revamping kind of your strategy. So, just based off of your business experience these last few years. What's what's this new approach going to look like for you when it comes to you as an artist? Like, uh, do you have any specific things that you're going to do, or or just maybe lessons that you've learned that you're going to be implementing? So, for me, I almost want to treat every song that I put out as like its own e-com store, and it's very weird to say that, but the reason I say that is because. I put in a lot of time and effort and money behind every single song. So my mm -hmm. approach is from a lot of artists. It's not like I'm putting out music consistently because I can make music for cheap or whatever. Like, no, I'm, I'm heavily invested in my music now. I'm making, you know, songs that take almost weeks to record just for the purpose of I'm done wasting time. I don't want to wait anymore for, you know, being able to, put in a good strategy because I know my music is there. I know people will listen to it. I know people will appreciate it, right? So how do I roll it out in a way that a lot of people can feel involved in the song rather than just, hey, I'm listening to this cool song that's released by this artist that I don't know. How do people get involved with my career? So with every song, it's kind of like putting blocks down for people to step on and hey, like you can see me better now. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Get up you can look at me and understand that's kind of what i'm going to do with my music from now on instead of just kind of hoping that it does the best kind of numbers i don't care if my song has a hundred thousand streams but if i just gained five thousand fans off that song and i did like merch sales that did over fifty thousand dollars in merch sales from that song that i just mm -hmm. dropped a dope animated music video and like it's being featured on channels and i'm getting press that's that's a good single rollout for me and that's kind of what i'm focused on instead of targeting the streaming now especially because i've been heavily involved in the streaming side right like like super like i've worked with every single artist in the industry that has blown up in the last like two years at like at least once like i've had their music submitted to me i've had you know a chance to speak with their managers their labels i don't necessarily speak with the artists directly but i know that i'm involved in you know, their in the process. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I know that I can take care of that. So I'm not focused on it. 
I will not even think about it, right? It just, if it happens, you know, I get my music put in the playlist, that's cool. But I'm not actively taking the steps for it again because I know how it works. I understand how easy it is. And I kind of want to challenge myself as well, you know? That's what exactly. it's always. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. No, that's uh, that's some good stuff. I like that. Now, um, just you know what you've been obviously you know you've been in the industry for a few years now, well more than a few years. But if you for our audience at home, let's just say there's uh, you know someone who's coming out of school, they want to be involved in the business side of the industry, or even uh, an artist who just wants to get a little bit more uh, business acumen, business knowledge. If you could maybe have one piece of advice, one little nugget that you want to share. What, what would that be with them? I would say build a good online portfolio. Okay. Make it, make it very easy for people to know who you are. Like you could go online and search my name and you could see, oh, he has 10 million streams on Spotify. He has 25 million streams on Spotify. He has a couple million streams on, on YouTube. Okay, his name is featured here. He has an article here, right? He has a song with designer. He has a song with this. Just building your online catalog, just doing stuff over the years, it really puts you at a position where you can meet new people, mm -hmm. you can find people to invest in you, and it'll just open up your whole realm of opportunities. A lot of people don't understand that if you don't have your online portfolio ready, right, in a time of opportunity, when opportunity comes and your portfolio is not ready, your image is not really there yet, people will be like, you're not going to work on it. You know what I mean? And that the only mm -hmm. thing is, they can't just see it right off the bat. Like you can't just search up your name. Like you can search up Junior right now. You'll see my pictures come up, this come up. A lot of artists, you search up their name and like just random videos maybe. Maybe the keyword is not even targeted towards their name yet. So mm -hmm. I think work on your online presence. Like if I had one piece of advice, work on your online presence as fast as you can. Just get that up. Like make it look professional. Make it look like as if someone's searching up for Drake. Yeah. That's how you make it in this industry. I like that. Yeah. Well, especially now everything being so digitized, everything's online. That's, uh, that's super important. So, um, we're just getting to the end here, but you know, obviously, you know, pandemic going on, um, in terms of your goals personally, I know you mentioned a few of them about releasing your course, uh, about, you know, putting out more content for yourself as an artist. Is there anything that maybe you haven't mentioned that you're really looking to accomplish by the end of the year? Man, I, I'm looking to, to sign a lot of producers and artists and, you know, hopefully buy a house in the city this year and just okay. kind of, you know, by the end of 2020, I'm looking to buy a house in Toronto and just kind of like put people in it, really help, you know, the Toronto scene to grow up. Because right now I'm involved with a collective that's doing that, you know, really setting the trend for what's going to happen in the city. Um, mm -hmm. Sure, you guys are going to hear about it soon time, you know, producers coming up just being involved in in the artist scene and and building a team that's my goal because okay. i've always dreamed about that i've always dreamed about you know having people just supporting each other and and being like a dream team almost like it doesn't exist bro you know there's internet money out there there's yeah. major labels that started out from collectives and became this huge corporation and like you know there's day one friends like xo for example right mm. so there's a lot of good role models that I'm looking at when I, when I have this goal in mind, but that's my main target. Cause right okay. now money, I've achieved that music. I've achieved that. You know what I mean? In terms of connecting with my favorite people that I used to look up to, I've connected with them. I've spoken with them. I have a lot of good, goals. you know, family's good. Health is good. So I think my one big goal is just to be able to give back as a this year. 
That's good. Well, you know what? I look forward to uh, hearing about that and, and, and seeing you put that into action. Cause I'm, you know, just based on what you're describing, I can, I can see it uh, uh, turn out uh, really well and, 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 you know, what benefit the community at the end of the day. Right. Which is, which is the, the main thing. Um, so for people who want to, you know, they want to learn more about you, check out your music, follow you on your, uh, your journey. Where's the best place for them to uh, find you at? So you can search me up J V N I O R. Now it's not Javunier, it's Junior. Learn how to learn how to pronounce it. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can search me up. Um, I stay low key online, but you know okay. the ones that know know. And eventually, over time, I will show more of myself. And you know, I'm still young, I'm still 21, so I'm still learning about the industry. I'm not really kind of pretending to be at any position that I am. I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just trying to trying to get to know as many artists as I can. Trying to get as many people like as I know in the industry because life is short, you know what I mean? And a lot of the times, like when I've met, I've met a lot of people that have just, you know, moved on and and passed on to the next life. Mm -hmm. May God have, you know, mercy on them. But I, I've just learned that, you know, with this industry, you meet a lot of people and sometimes you don't get to meet people like at the right time. Like they're just, you know, it's too late. And that was one of the biggest things that hit me because I had opportunities to meet somebody like, like Juice World and like, mm. but I was I was super young and I didn't have like the means to go out there. You know what I mean and do it. Even though I, I knew the people that could introduce me, I knew the people that could make it happen. And those yeah. are people that I really look forward to meeting because they they really shape the industry in a, in a beautiful way. It's it's a tough thing now. I just want to be involved with as many people as possible because I love people. I love meeting new people. I love sitting down with dope artists like. I, man, my passion for the music industry is just different. Like, like you know, I get emotional about it because it's what saved me. Like, when I see a lot of us making music and they say, the music saved me. Like, this is the reason I made it. This is the reason, like, I generally, like, it's true. You know what I mean? I didn't have a single dollar to my name. And today I can say, I have my own condo in, in downtown Toronto. Like, I, I can travel anywhere in the world that I want at any point in time. I've been able to be financially literate just because of the music industry and being involved with business people in the industry. So mm-hmm. music industry is a blessing, man. I'm very thankful for everybody that has pioneered the industry to what it is today. And, you know, just keeping that momentum going. hundred percent. And I can, and I can tell you mean that too, just based off of the, your expression and the way you say that. So, um, I mean, yeah, hopefully, you know, I, m- much success to you, much, much love definitely in your, in your, uh, your future endeavors. Um, I, when you said, yeah, when you said you're 21, I thought you were a lot older. It's as you accomplished all that at 21. That's crazy, man. Yeah, that's crazy. But, uh, so I wanted to end off here, uh, with a little bit of a rapid fire, uh, question game, if that's okay with you, I'm just going to rifle off a couple, a couple quick fire questions and give me your, uh, your, uh, quick response. So, uh, you ready to go? I'm ready. Okay. So who's your, uh, what's your favorite vacation destination? Oh, I would say Greece, but I would say Maldives. Okay, nice. I uh, that's that's on the bucket list to get to. So hopefully, uh, I get I get there one day. Um, favorite emerging artist from Toronto? Astro Kid J and Slam Tai. Okay, okay, good choices. Shout out them. Um, sp- uh, streaming platform of choice: Spotify or Apple Music? Apple Music. Okay. It's just the design. I I love the people at Spotify. I love the people at Apple Music, but the design is just I like the white and and simple stuff. Okay. Okay. Um, and lastly, who'd you vote for prime minister Drake or the weekend? 
<laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just no. playing. I, I mean, I would vote whoever has the better campaign. You know what I mean? I'm not really into politics like that, but yeah. whoever has this campaign really gets to put ads in front of me, you know, and really speaks to me, mm -hmm. I'll vote. You know what okay. I mean? That's that's a good answer. I feel like I I take that approach as well. Well, Junior Man, that concludes the interview. Thank you for um, taking the time to uh, speak with yes. me today. Uh, guys, I'll make sure that all of the links, the social links that Junior mentioned in our interview right now, make sure to leave that in the description box below so you easy access for you guys to go uh, check out his stuff as well as our social links. We'll make sure to leave that in the description box below so you guys can stay posted on all the content and stuff we're going to be uh, coming your way. Again, Junior, thank you, man. I really appreciate it, and uh, we'll catch you guys soon. Hey guys, it's your host, Brady Carducci. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Real Talks. Just wanted to give a special thanks to our editor, Daniel, for editing this episode and our producer, Jesse, for creating the music. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure to rate and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. It would honestly help us out tremendously. If you would like to stay up to date on new episode releases, make sure to hit that subscribe button. You can also follow us on Instagram at Real Talks Show. Thank you, and I'll see you on the next episode of Real Talks.